Hi, everyone. I'm Sydney Long, guard at Gibson Southern High School. I was introduced to Lead em Up last year, and it helped my team and I so much, especially this past season. Our team worked extremely well together. We all played for each other instead of for ourselves. Doing Lead em Up almost every week was able to help us work on communication and many other things. For me, Lead em Up taught me everything I needed to become a great leader and teammate. It helped me make sure I walked into practice and games with energy and ready to go, which helped everyone on the team do the same. You're listening to the Lead em Up Podcast, powered by Chick-fil-A. Thank you for hanging out with us. I am Adam Bradley alongside our Southeast Regional Coach, Kyle Elmendorf. And today, Kyle, we're jumping in to a full topic on relationships and connections. And specifically, how do we benefit from them? And, and what is the true purpose of these relationships within our team? And, and the reason that I bring that up is because you hear it time and time again, we got to build the relationships. We've got to build the connections on our team. And it's often talked about, you hear phrases like team building and things of that nature. But I think it's important that we, we really peel back the layers to understand why it's so important. Like, like truly why. And this is one of the things we do with our teams is we clearly communicate to our players when we're working with them why we need to lean into this theme of relationship building within a team, why it's critical, and how we can't get where we want to get to without it. Uh, So let's talk about that because I think it's so important that we do peel back some of those layers to understand the nuance here. We will then end by actually sharing one of our uh, relationship building exercises where we'll kind of give that uh, away and you can use this exercise with your uh, students, with your players, et cetera. And hopefully it's tremendously valuable for you. But Kyle, the theme of relationship building, you've been in this space for 20 plus years, right? Why do we have to get it right? It's essential. You know, bottom line, it's essential. And it goes back to what we talk about often with our teams is when we're competing and we're competing to win, we're all in that space. When the talent is equal, Who's going to win? And usually, not usually, I would say almost 100% of the time, the team that's more connected is going to win at a higher rate. And that's kind of our goal is to build the player-led teams. And for me, you don't get to that level unless the relationships allow you to get to that level. And that's the key right there. And, and I think it's important that we remind and keep it in perspective when we say the the more connected team will win. It, I think a lot of times coaches go to the actual game day itself. Like the actual game day is, all right, hold on. So like, I, I just don't get it. Like, we're, so if we're more connected, we'll win. Like, how does my connectedness during the 48 minutes of action, during the 60 minutes of action, like how does my connectedness translate to winning in that regard. And, and it's important to understand when we talk about the relationship building and how that connected nature drives results, it, it isn't just about the game day, right? It's about all that time that leads up to the game day that, that builds the foundation. Listen, the game day is just a bright byproduct of all the preparation that exactly. has led to it. Okay. That's the difference. One of the things that I shared with, I was working with a a basketball team in Orlando last week, and when we 
finished with the exercise that we'll preview here in a little bit, I, I, I challenge them to watch every award ceremony in this coming year. I don't care what sport it is at what level. I said, watch the championship presentation and watch the interviews afterwards and pay attention to the answers that they give when they're asked, what made this group so special this year? What allowed you to get to this level? What allowed you to win at this rate? And every time I think you're going to hear someone talk about, oh, it's the people in this locker room. It's the sisterhood in this locker room. It's the brotherhood in this locker room. These are my guys. These are my brothers. Everyone that has the talent or the ability to win, they all have great X's and L's. But, you know, we talk about a lot of the times it's, it's what comes off of the walls and into the hearts of the players. And they're not going to give more for the people next to them unless they love them unless they have that relationship. So, you know, I think that's something we can have our athletes see in real time. Pay attention to what people say about what made their group special, because it's going to come back to the relationship. Yeah. Success isn't a secret. You know, they often reveal it, right. And they do reveal what, what those steps that they, they had to go through to, to win, right. It's, it's this closeness, this tight knit, this brotherhood, sisterhood, et cetera. And, you know, we phrase it like this when we're talking to players that, you know, if we were to ask a player to describe their relationship with a teammate, we oftentimes get one of two answers and they fall in one of two buckets. And, and one side will get an answer along the lines of, uh, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, we're cool. You know, and, and, and totally understand, right? There's not a tension there. There's not a beef there. Uh, there's not pain there, but there's also not much foundation there. There isn't much kind of bonding there and and they're just kind of in a neutral space within a team environment and we will chalk it up to just say yeah we're cool so that's the one bucket we often tell players that many of their relationships there and every time you bring it up you're getting a bunch of head nods right right like hey does that sound familiar do you have some relationships like that oh uh, you just head nods across the room then we speak to the other side we say now tell me about your relationship with that other teammate over there and we will get the answer something along the lines of oh that's my guy you know, that's my boy. That's my dude. That's my girl. Oh, I love her. You know, like that type of thing. Right. And, and once again, without knowing the details, you know, there's a foundation there. You know, there's some depth to that relationship. You know, there's some love and, and really kind of extended uh, amounts of kind of respect for that person. Right. You see, for us as teammates, we, we don't need to build a team full of BFFs. Like, that's not really the point of where I'm going with this, okay? You do need a foundational level of respect and love and appreciation and care for every single one of your teammates. You absolutely do. And, and you, as a teammate, have to do everything you can to try to move your relationships on your team from a place of, yeah, yeah, we're cool, to a place that is more resembling a that's my guy. Oh, that's my girl. And why? Because your leadership depends on it. Kyle, let me ask you. What, what are the common things you hear from teams as, when they get asked the question, how do we benefit if our relationships get stronger? What, what are some of the general themes that, that you hear when you're, you're sharing this with your teams? How do we get better? What are some of the things? The willingness to step up and lead is probably the biggest one. A lot of the times you'll have athletes share that they don't step up 
when they know that they can or they don't follow through with an opportunity that may present itself because they don't know the depth of the relationship when they don't know and it's just that they're cool why am I going to put myself out there a lot of that is for today's athletes is they don't necessarily want to put themselves out there because they don't know how the response is going to come and what that reaction is going to be but when we move from that bucket of just we're cool to my guy my girl then there's this level of trust and and as the relationship grows the level of trust goes and that means that you know that that person is saying it because they care and i think that's the biggest thing is the enlightenment for people to see of why this matters for them because then they're comfortable to step up and wait whereas before they're just you know not sure and they're hesitant yeah and and that's certainly the goal we you know when that relationship grows that trust grows and getting our players to see that and to understand that this process and, and how it begins to build can help give them a deeper insight. Because when you ask many of them, how does our team benefit when our relationships grow? You'll hear things like, uh, we'll play harder. Uh, our chemistry will improve. We'll have more fun. Uh, we'll want to be around that, those individuals. Uh, our, our, you know, our support for one another increases, our love for one another increases, like all these different things. And, and I know when I ask that of teams, we'll build a list like eight to nine things, right? Mm -hmm. Ways that our team gets better. And I always just side note, remind teams and say, first off, if there's any way for our team, if there's something that's out there that can get our team better in eight different areas, that screams, you should be working on it, right? Side note. Okay. Exactly. You should be working on it if our team's going to benefit in this many ways. But, but it goes to the point you just said, the one thing that they've got to understand is maybe the biggest thing that changes. When the relationships grow on the team, it's the ability and willingness to lead their teammate that changes. And we call that the like-that dynamic. Mm-hmm. What is the like-that that, like that dynamic? Very, very simply put, There's been many, many times over the years where we'll see a player that's slipping from green through gray down into red. They're struggling. There's something off. There's something bothering them. We're noticing this trend and this downward kind of slip. There's a tremendous amount of warning signs. And I'll go up to a player and I'll say, hey, have you jumped in? Once again, building on the theme of lifeguard, have you jumped in? Are you you looking out for your teammate? Have you saved them? Don't you see what I see? And I can't tell you how many times this has happened where they acknowledge to, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've noticed it, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are, you know, I have noticed a change a little bit and I'll say, have you said anything? Yeah, I mean, it's really simple. Have you, have you said anything? Have you like kind of talked to, to him or her? And a lot of times you'll get, nah, I haven't coached. And, and if you peel back and push a little bit and say, you know, help me understand, like, why haven't you? Ah, I don't know, coach. No, no, no. Why haven't you? So many times it lands in a place where they say the following or something very similar. Well, well, honestly, I, I just coach you want to know the truth. I, I just, I just don't really know them like that. I just don't really know yep. them like that. And, and as a result, they don't really lead them like that. And what happens then at that point is you've got two players that are playing on a team, but yet losing the beauty of the team, right? Because the beauty of the team is that together collectively, right? We can get each other to another level. Okay. Right. That's the beauty of the team right? That we can count on our teammates for this. 
And but but if you've got a bunch of people that don't know each other like that, that aren't willing to lead each other like that, you are losing the beauty, the advantage of having multiple people in it together, right? Raising performance. It, it, it reminds me uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing those um, basketball IQ camps with Spalding and had a yeah, chance to kind of travel around. It was the NBA camps. And, you know, we went to Colorado, did Chauncey Billups. We were in, um, uh, who, who did we have? We had Chauncey Billups. We were in DeMar DeRozan out in Compton, uh, Chris California, Paul. Chris Paul. I remember when I was in Winston-Salem with Chris Paul, uh, at the end of each year, he would always kind of hang with the kids and with the athletes for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, just answering questions, right? And I had a chance to kind of moderate it. And one of the years, it was right after he got traded to Phoenix, surely uh, a couple weeks before he got traded to Phoenix. So one of the kids wanted to ask like, hey, you know, like, you know, you just got traded to Phoenix. Like, what, what, what do you do? Like, what does an NBA player do after you get traded? And, and I love this answer from Chris. He says, he said, well, you know, as soon as I got traded, um, I immediately jumped on a plane, flew down to Arizona and spent the next five or six days with Devin Booker and uh, DeAndre Aiden, right? And uh, just spent time with them and their family and all that, to which the kid then followed up and said like, okay, you know, what, like, what were you guys doing? Like, are y'all just like on the court practicing and different things like that? And Chris literally kind of laughed. He was like, ah, no, 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 no. We, we didn't even pick up a ball that, that whole week. And, and he, he began to explain and, and why. He kind of joked. He was like, listen, he's like, these guys are all stars. He's like, I've been playing against them for years. I've watched film of them for years. He's like, I'm going to be able to pick up the game really quickly with them. He's like, trust me, Devin and I, DeAndre, I mean, we're going to be able to find the chemistry very quickly. He goes, what I need to get to is to a place where I begin to know them like that. Now, he didn't say that language. But that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's what he meant. He, he, that's what he meant. I, I got to get to a place where I know them like that because we're about to get into some things. We're about to start battling. We're about to need to start pushing each other and driving each other and getting each other to another level. And the reality is, if I don't know them like that, it's not going to be as easy, right? It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a struggle. But the better I get to know them like that, the better my leadership will be. Why do I need the connection? Why do I need to invite them to my house? Why do I need to spend time with them? Why do I need to get to know their family? Because the better I know them like that, the better I can lead them like that. And when I lead them better like that, it moves us closer to winning. That's the goal. Plus, those players now, when you think about like Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, when someone takes the time to get to know them, you know, you you obviously are going to listen to a guy like Chris Paul when he comes in. And he has, you know, his experiences, his wealth of knowledge and just how to play the game. And they're going to obviously listen to that. But when they know his heart and where he's coming from and that he truly wanted to get to know them, you're much more receptive to that. And it's no surprise that it didn't take them long then to have the level of success that they had. Everybody's talented in the NBA. Everybody's got talent. But it's the ones that can lead like that, that that truly can transform a team and a culture. And I don't think there's any better example of that than Phoenix in the past three years. And I'd also say it helps them weather storms because everything hasn't been perfect out there in Phoenix. Just using them as an example. You know, there's been right. some instances first round where exits, yeah. first round exits and Aiden, you know, like, you know, some contract stuff. And obviously we don't usually get into the nuance of like 
specifics NBA and all that. But like, I mean, there, there's a variety of things that that may have happened to them that if it happened to another team, they're done. They're done. Right. right? Yeah. And, and you don't see that happening there. And it kind of just builds. And like, so it goes back to what you talked about earlier, like the more connected team wins. Okay. Increase the chance of winning. Once again, it's not so isolated that we can look at it in a silo to say like this 48 minutes specifically, if we're connected in these 48 minutes with nothing else, right? Like it's not that immediate. It's not, it's not that narrowed focused. It's, it's a bigger picture understanding of our connectedness and then the byproduct of that connectedness and what that does for a team. Right. And I think it goes back to what we share a lot of the times when maybe we're kicking this, this exercise off that we'll talk about and first introducing is, is that if we don't get this right, nothing else matters. If you don't get the relationships right, it doesn't matter what offense you're running, what defense you're running. It doesn't matter the schemes or anything like that. And, you know, think about just parlay it to the high school level. Teams are kicking things off right now. You're, you're November, some late October, November through end of February, hopefully March. It's a marathon. And, and there's so much, not only just in basketball, but for all winter sports that we're getting ready to talk about and kick off and any of the sport you want to talk about, those seasons, you're spending a lot of time with each other, a lot more time than maybe your own family. And if we don't really get to that level, then we're, we're really just selling ourselves short. We're, we're doing ourselves a disservice because we're investing so much time into it why not make it the best that it can possibly be? And those relationships are the things that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life. I mean, I, I tell all these young people, your, your relationships with your teammates is top three relationship in your life right now. It, it's a top, yeah. it's a top three relationship in your life. Like, I mean, I, I would argue that, you know, maybe you got your family, your friends and your teammates, you know, something like that, right? Like, like it's right up there at the top of your, of your relationship chain. Okay. So absolutely we should be doing if we can't justify going deeper and, and being more connected with our teammates then we're just not going to do it okay and if you're not going to do it you know my only i always call players out on this why are you playing a team sport right, right? like why are you playing a team sport I, I want them to understand when we talk about building relationships and getting connected to teammates that this is part of the this is the work this isn't like some extra like oh we're going to do some relationship no this this is the work Okay, and it needs to be viewed with the same level of intentionality and focus and commitment and determination, just like your skill development, right? Just like your scheme implementation, right? All of that, this this plays a role because you tell me how your team's going to do if you don't get the relationship part right. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere, right? Right, you may win a couple games. You're not getting to your full potential, right? Bottom line. So, So this is as critical to your success as all these other components. And we need to treat it with that same level of intentionality. And if there are players that are not willing to jump in and, and embrace this, right, have a conversation and ask them, why play a sport which you chose to do? No, no yeah, they chose to be there. You chose to play a sport that is dependent on us doing it well with other people. And, and that there's a tremendous amount of other sports available to them, wrestling, right? Uh, swimming, diving, track, go win, go run the hundred, okay? Golf, all these other sports where if you have no desire to interact with others, build relationships with others, you can kind of get away with it to some degree, right? Guess what? 
It could be glorious for you. It could be the, uh, uh, a heaven sent package to you, a gift. You just have to worry about yourself. Just focus on your own preparation, all that. But when you choose to play a team sport, this better be part of what you're signing up for. You need to understand that because it's not going to work unless you get it right. So very important for that. And, but, but Kyle, what we find oftentimes is that young people are not always great at this. Okay. No, no they need practice. They need reps. They, they need reps. I don't think COVID helped by any means. No, not at all. Definitely step back in that regard. Have you seen that in, in just your school environment? And Yeah, I think and a lot of coaches will speak to that. A lot of coaches that uh, we'll talk to and several recently, you know, that we've worked with will, will make a comment like, oh, man, the kids really need this because over the past two years, they didn't get much interaction or they didn't have as much opportunity to have these type of conversations or to build this type of connection. We hear that all the time in the classroom space when talking about that. You and I were on a call yesterday with somebody that referenced that. So that's across the board. And, you know, and I, and I think it, when we look at it, and the great tie back to, to them, as I always like to, to mention to the athletes, students as well, you're not going to go through life without being a part of the team. You're, you're a part of a team right now, but, but it's very hard to find someone that can do what they do and do it by themselves because almost everybody that you think of that's successful, no matter what career field it is, they work in a team setting, they work in a team environment. And if you can't get along with other people, if you can't build a relationship with other people, it doesn't matter, right? It, it, of course, what you know matters, but I always tell them who you know matters just as much because who you know can help what you know get to the next level. Who you know combined with how well you know them, right? Is right. the add-on I would add to that. You're yeah, absolutely that's a good, right. Good point. You're absolutely right. And I think when we talk about young people not being great at this, so we've already established that this is essential to success. And and yes, anecdotally, we'll say based on our own experience, don't have the data in front of us and stuff like that. Generally speaking, young people are not overly skilled at this right? We occasionally come across some athletes that are, and they're a joy and they're a treat in the classroom on the team. And, you know, uh, you just you sit there in your head. You're just like, well, I wish I had more of them. Right. But you don't. So you got a best option, try to develop them. And, and it's why for us, when we get to the question, how do we develop them? That is, that's, that's the question. How do you develop them? And, so often when we talk about connections, these coaches go as default to these team building activities or team building events and things like that. And one may find it interesting to hear me say that I, that I don't love some of that team building stuff, right? Someone may be surprised because we're lead them up. We work with teams and we oftentimes get grouped into team building. Um, it's not that I like, don't like a lot of that stuff. I just don't think it generates the result that the coach wants. I think the coach looks at some of those team building events and things like that and wants to see the skill set within the athlete improve as a result. Okay. And you know what? Like zip lining in the woods, right? With your teammates, like it's probably not going to help them, technically speaking, like become a dynamic communicator. Right. right. It's just not going to. Like it may enhance a little bit, like going bowling with your team, right? 
probably won't transform their skill set of a connecting communicator, right? Just probably won't. And it's great at getting the group together, but in that environment, the clicks on the team are still going to only associate with the clicks on the team. You're not going to develop a connection with someone who you didn't already know on a deeper level. So it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's better than doing nothing. But you're right about getting the skill down and then going beyond just the surface level stuff. There's a missing element there. And and you know what? Maybe there's some ways to enhance those bowling trips, right? I'm going to put people together, right? That don't really know. Sure, sure. I just don't know if it's generating the response. And, and it's the reason I push back on some of the team building stuff at times. One, I, I feel much better with some of that team building stuff if you just set it and labeled it as it is. Hey, we're going to go do a fun team event. Like, hey, we're just going to go, you know, go have some fun and just enjoy each other's company. Awesome. You should. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go out and have some fun. But I think a lot of coaches will like, they, they, they put too much emphasis on it they, they think it's going to be more than what it is right this team building event that's going to help us drive accountability as we learn how to get out of the rope you know and like you know like untangle the rope with our teammates and do tug of war and i'm just like listen j- just go out and say you're gonna have some fun like just go out and have some fun right the thing about that too though is when you develop the relationships and get them to that level you're going to want to do that anyways and, yeah, and it's yeah, not that's a byproduct. Of it. That's yeah. yeah, that's just a so, given. So, and and the, going back, kind of wrapping up on the team building thing, we push back on it because we believe what's more needed is people building. Okay, mm-hmm. that like we need to actually develop the skills within the people, and if you develop the skills within the people, that will then transform the team. Very difficult to do it in the opposite effect to try to develop a team without developing the people first. So we've got to develop the people. And if I can give, if, if I can build a room full of individuals, very intentional, very uh, committed and confident in the skill of relationship building, like we're going to see relationships grow. Like we're going to see that begin to happen because they're intentional. They're committed. They're, they're now more confident because they develop some skills in it. Like we're going to see that change. Hello, this is Kevin Williams from Chick-fil-A and author of Irrational Kindness, and this is today's Leadership Nugget. I love how Truett Cathy, who founded Chick-fil-A, kept things simple. He would talk about the importance and the language we used with guests and team. He knew it was something we could all utilize regardless of having money, position, or power. It's free for all of us to use. One example is the idea of responding to a guest saying thank you with my pleasure. This change in language simply delivers a more grateful and unique way to appreciate others in the restaurant and workplace. It can change the way a team member and customers feel cared for, and I would say it even makes the fries and milkshakes taste better. Simple, kind wording opens the door for so many more conversations in these relationships. What wording can you use regularly to show a new level of of kindness. Now, let's jump back to the episode. The way we teach it is, is through an exercise called going for the gold. And the way this works is we call the gold or gold mines. We, uh, those are connections. When you want to, you know, have a connection, you have a connection with somebody, you know, maybe 
you know, Kyle, you're like, oh, I love Tom Brady. I'm like, oh, I love Tom Brady too. And it's like gold mine. We say that's a connection, gold mine. And, and the reason we call them gold mines, and I always love quizzing the, the athletes on this. Why do you think we call it gold mines? You eventually get to the answer that it's because it's valuable. You know, yep. me and you having something in common is valuable. And for us, we need to go out of our way to try to drum up as much gold as possible. We need to get into the habit that when you interact with people, you are digging for gold, right? Very different digging for gold than being a gold digger. Side note, okay? We're not trying to build <laughs> gold <different>. diggers, okay? <laughs> we want different. to dig for gold to uncover connections. We want to get in the habit. We love reminding our athletes that, you know, just like in real gold mining, that if you were to go down a path looking for gold and there was no gold down that path, what should you do? Give up? No. Kyle, what should you do? You're going to pan for more. You're going to sift for more. You're going to go down a different tunnel. You're going to go down a different path. You're going to be curious, right? You're going to keep going. So so I love reminding and setting that little expectation there in the beginning that there's going to be some paths you go down with some teammates where there is no gold. There's none. Don't get discouraged. It happens, right? Back out, go down a different path, right? Oftentimes to say the paths least traveled produce the greatest gold. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go down a path you never even thought you know, man, I never would have thought I'd have a connection with that teammate like that. I judged them from a distance. I never would have thought that you, you go down the path least traveled, right? It could produce the greatest gold. All of a sudden you and that teammate, you never would have thought all of a sudden you're boys by the end of it. That's your guy. That's your girl. So we say, don't get discouraged. That's one little reminder. And then I also love to kind of bring up to the athletes. You often see gold miners. They carry this thing in their hand that they scan over the surface as they're walking around the beach in different places and it's beeping and it sometimes beeps a little louder to which I ask the athletes say, what is that? And they all yell out. It's a metal detector, a metal detector. You're right. You're right. Okay. Why does a gold miner or someone in that setting, why, why are they walking around with a gold with, with a metal detector? To which you always hear an athlete yell out. Cause they're to help them find the gold to help them find the metal. And I'm like, yes, but why not just use your eyes? Why not just use your eyes? Like to which you get the players to get to a place is because it's often found under the surface. And it's a great reminder as we jump into this exercise that when we begin to build relationships with teammates, right? The goal that we are looking for, the connections we're hoping to find and encounter and uncover, it's going to require us to go beneath the surface. If we live on the surface, if that's where we reside, right, our relationships will not gain the value that they could if we decide to go a little bit deeper. It's always going to be found beneath the surface. So important to remind them. At this point, we, we pair off each of our athletes with somebody they admittedly don't know like that. So it builds on the like that dynamic because we always want to tee up the why. And we always go through the why first. Why do we need to you know, move our relationships from we cool to my guy. It's because of that like that dynamic, like we shared earlier. So we're going to pair someone off with someone they don't really know like that. And we're going to give them three minutes. And during those three minutes, them and their partner have to uncover as many gold mines as possible, as many connections, rapid fire. They've got to go through it as quick as they possibly can. Just keep trying to drum it up. They've got to keep counts, right? And every time they uncover a gold mine, Kyle, what do they do? Clap two times. Clap two times. Clap two times. 
every single time. So picture a room full of 40 athletes, 20 different pairs, three minutes, ready, set, go. There are double claps happening all over. I had one player ask me, why do you do the double clap? Like, like why do we have to do the double clap? And I, it's, it's a thing called the Vegas effect. Or if they're underage, under 21 and don't know Vegas, call it the arcade effect. What is that? <laughs> it's this. You go to Vegas and you win, right? You win jackpot and slot machines. And it goes ding, 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 ding. Starts making all this noise, right? That noise is not designed to inform you that you won. You know you won. You just saw it. <laughs> the noise is actually to inform everyone around you that someone is winning which then increases their intensity to try to win themselves. So yeah, the double they become clap much just, more engaged. They're like, oh, snap. Oh, man, they're winning, right? Oh, I'm next. Start throwing the money in, right? Same will happen here, okay? The double claps will be like, oh, man, let's go. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And you have them go through the three minutes, getting into the habit and practice of just looking for gold, asking questions, being curious, Okay trying to uncover the gold mine and then celebrating each time they do. Okay. Because in reality, whenever relationship focused people uncover a gold mine with someone they're looking to build a relationship with, it is almost as if it is jackpot in their mind. You I'm see in. their eyes light up. Yeah. You, do. you definitely see their reactions to it for sure. I mean, just think about life, right? Anytime you're trying to like build a relationship with someone and really get to know someone and then all of a sudden, I mean, we were on the call yesterday that you alluded to. Um, was that? No, no, no. This, this was the call the other day and, uh, with this, the group in Long Island. Two mm-hmm. boys. You have two boys yeah. and she had two boys, right? Yeah. And you all started connecting for a minute on that, right? You're a few years ahead of her, right? That, that's a gold mine, right? Yep. And in a situation where that was our first call with someone, I'm like, awesome, right? Yesterday's call was the Missouri if you notice, right. like right out of the gate, right, I, I made the goldmine connection, playing the role of the banker, which we'll get to in a second, okay? Mm-hmm. Play the role of the banker, just naturally just got on the call with her. You came on, right? I made that connection because she didn't, you hadn't kind of initiated the conversation, so you didn't know where she was from, right? So I, I wanted to make that connection, and bam, y'all started talking about Missouri, right? Yeah, not too and far from each other. Yeah, and obviously there's not much to talk about in Missouri, but um, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a knock on our friends in Missouri. My in-laws live in St. Louis. We love it. Yeah, sorry, family. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, all right. So you give them the three minutes. They unpack it. They compete. Uh, I love then at that point, once the three minutes are done, right, have everyone stand up or stay standing if they already were, and then begin a process of elimination. If you and your partner at five or more gold mines, stay standing. Ten or mm-hmm. more, stay standing. You eventually get down to the group with the highest number. The highest number. And, and those are our winners. And I always love to have them share some of their more valuable gold mines. What's the highest number typically in the groups that you're working with, like ballpark range, groups that are, that are winning, where you say their number of connections are at? 20 to 30 gold mines yeah. is like the I'd winning say. score. Mm-hmm. Now, I, ha- I have kind of cl- clarified the teams when I do this. Listen. I had a group of middle school boys recently and these little squirrely kids, right? These middle schoolers, whenever you say there's a prize for the winning group, (laughs) you begin to see who in the group is the opportunistic ones, right? Who in the group are those like (laughs) entrepreneurs and schemers? 
this one group, these two little guys, man, 67 gold mines. Wow. 67 gold mines in three minutes. I'm <laughs> two, like, <laughs> two gold mines. <laughs> I'm like, is this real life? Right? Like, oh my wow. gosh. Right. And um, so we always had the winners come up. And of course, all their friends and teammates are all like, they're cheating. They were cheating. There's yep. no way. Because everyone else is in the 20s, teens and 20s. I bring them up, put them on the spot because I want to hear some of their gold mines, right? They they just completely cheated. Like they cheated in the sense that they literally, so they were. Oh, you uh, have hair? I have hair. Oh, exactly. you got shoes on? I got shoes on. That's exactly what they did. I've got two yeah. legs. Oh, I've got two legs. You got two arms? Yeah, I got two arms. You got two hands? I got two hands. And I'm like, that's how we uncovered that they did it. I had another group at one point. Um, basically, you just pointed at each one of their teammates and say, hey, did you see Kyle today? Yeah, I saw Kyle. Did you see Mike today? I saw Mike today. Did you talk to someone today? I did too, right? We call that fool's gold. We call that fool's gold. Make sure you disclaimer yeah. that to your players. No fool's gold allowed. They've got to be tangible connections. Absolutely. So, anyway, so you get to your winning pair and you celebrate them and allow them to share some of their more valuable gold mines. And I love going around the room and just asking some of the other partners and pairs just to share one or two of the gold mines. And, and you'll notice as they're sharing, there's variance there. Some of them have a little bit more meat on the bone, you could say. Others mm-hmm. is kind of more whatever, like kind of just whatever, you know, it just doesn't seem as big of a deal. Sometimes you get some great, great gold mines, you know, where it's like uh, we both vacationed in the same place this summer. Like, Oh, that's awesome. That's a really cool gold mine. Okay. Others, it's just like, uh, yeah, we both like blue Gatorade, right? Something like that. Right. And, and it opens up this conversation, which then leads me into this where I say, you know, I, I show if I have cash on me, I, I do it actual in cash but I'll carry two bills with me at varying uh, dollar amounts. Let's say one's a $1 bill, one's a $20 bill. And I'll ask the, the team, say, hey, let me just ask you a question here, okay? In light of these gold mines in this conversation, I've got $2 bills in my hand. One's a $1 bill, one's a 20. Uh, which one of these is more valuable, right? And they all say, oh, the 20. And I'm like, okay, absolutely. Yeah, 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 we get that, right? But then I say, well, hold on. But let, let me throw a little nuance in there. So I think there's a little bit more of a complex element to this question here. One could technically say the answer to that question is, it all depends what you do with it after you get it. You, you could argue that. Because technically speaking, I could take my $20 bill, go down the street, go to McDonald's and spend it and be done within about an hour. Right? Whereas I could take that $1 bill and if I was very intentional with it, I could invest it in a way that actually grows and expands and becomes more valuable than that 20. And it reminds us that when we think about the gold mines that we just discovered, so first we need to get in the habit of being curious and being intentional to go seeking connections with our teammates, i.e. that's what we call going for the gold, searching for gold, uncovering gold mines. But finding gold mines isn't enough. We then move to the second stage, which is what we call the investment stage. In the investment stage, says it almost doesn't matter how valuable the gold seemed to be in the moment or on the surface. It's all about what you do with it after you get it. Right. True story. I love lemon lime Gatorade. Okay. And I have built a very deep bond with one of my teammates with one of the teams off of our shared love of lemon lime Gatorade. Right. True story. 
Because we say the investment stage is anytime you take a gold mine and go three levels deeper on it, okay? You just build upon it in three different instances, build momentum on that gold mine. You are investing it, therefore making the relationship richer. That's what, that's what you're doing. And, and I remember one day we got into a discussion on the team about what's the best Gatorade flavor, right? And everyone's got their own opinions. I'm like, dude, lemon lime, that's it. Everybody else had red, orange, blue, purple, like, I think, isn't there a white, like a white, like a frost or frost maybe blue or something like that. But I think there's a white flavor, like Arctic or something. Like everyone had their own flavors, right? Arctic or something. I'm just like, dude, keep keep me with the original lemon lime. I'm, I'm golden. One other teammate had lemon lime. And it was funny because on that day we uncovered a gold mine. And the first day of investment was really that day as we kind of had each other's back defending ourselves against the rest of the team, right? Dude, you just stick with the original. And I remember the guy bringing up how like he used a Jersey illustration, which I thought was great, where he said like, you see, like always, the, the classic Jersey is always the best, right? Every team always tries to come up with these new, you know, versions, but it always just goes back to the original being the best. And I was like, that's actually a great point. The originals usually are just... The originals usually are just the best. But anyways, we end up getting each other's back that day, right? That was the first stage. I remember a couple of weeks later, you know, I'm at the uh, gas station. I'm getting some Gatorades before our session. What do I do? I bring him a lemon lime Gatorade, right? So I'm getting a drink. He, I'm like, oh, dude, two for, two for $3? Score. Give me, give me two. Bring it. Right? I go up. Hey, dude. Hey, got you lemon. Oh, man. My, oh, appreciate that, coach. You appreciate that, right? Then all of a sudden, true story, right? I didn't, I didn't know this player like to the level where I had his phone number where we text, okay? But about a week later, he's at a, ga- he's at a gas station, I guess, some convenience store. And have you noticed that Gatorade has tried to like just overcomplicate and sometimes just overthink where they've made all these hybrid flavors? Oh, too much. Go too, too far and it's not good, no. So it was a lemon lime Gatorade, right? But it was like infused with the strawberry kiwi combo, right? Mm. But it looks still like lemon lime, right? And he, he took a picture and he sent it to me via, you know, just like he uh, DM me on Instagram, just took a picture. And he was just like, coach, once again, wh- why you got to ruin a good thing? Just keep it the way it is. And I'm just like laughing emoji and we're just kind of chatting. The next time I get back to practice, we're just kind of, I, I, I think I shared with him that I've made the mistake of buying one of those before thinking it was just lemon lime, mm-hmm. man, it may not seem like much, but like all those little interactions and build ons is part of the investment phase. Yeah. It's just taking that gold mine, whether it was a $20 bill or a $1 bill, whether it seemed valuable or not. It's about what you do with it after. Building on it. We're now no joke. It's not even a question, Kyle. That player, that's my guy. That's my guy. He would say the same thing. Coach Bradley's my guy. Off a green lemon lime Gatorade. That's the investment. We teach that. Coaches, teach the investment stage, and then Kyle will turn over you, and it eventually will graduate us to the banker. What's the role of the the, banker? The banker is the connector, right? And – Maybe it's changed a little bit in, in the physical space today as far as banks go, but the banker is the one that knows everybody's gold. And so what we try to get the athletes to realize in that 
is that you become the most valuable when you know what other people's goals are and connect it. So like what you did the other day, teeing up that uh, conversation is two people from Missouri are on a call. We didn't necessarily know that, but you connect that. When you can help other people build the connection, you enhance your value. And as that grows on the team, the relationships then become what they're designed to be, the strongest as possible. So the banker's the ultimate stage. We want to get people to think about others first. How can you help someone else out? How can you connect somebody else out? So down here in Florida, I always like to talk about fishing. Right. Someone moves to the area. You know, it's not uncommon for someone to move down here, transfer into a school, talk about going, you know, fishing on the weekend. Oh, do you know so-and-so's family's got a boat? They might be able to take you guys out or they probably know the best spots to go to. So when they can understand how they can connect other people and the value that brings to two others, it's kind of like the old adage of the more that you put out, the more that will come back to you. The more value you bring as a banker, the more value that's going to come back to you ultimately. So, that's the game like changer. Yeah, that's the that, game that's changer. The and and I love Leon on our team. He he shares this funny story when he teaches that about the banker and how the banker's privy to everybody's gold, right? Just like in real life, bankers they know your social, your address, where you work. All they the talked about. He talked about the story. He'd go to the bank with one of his buddies and uh, there was a somewhat of a, a good looking, uh, attractive teller at the bank. And um, his buddy, uh, even if he was next up in line and that teller was ready for, for him to come up, he'd always let the person behind him go. And he eventually got to the point where he, he like asked his buddy the question like, bro, like, why don't you just go to the next teller? Like, what, what's the problem? Like, you know, and in the, the buddy said, nah, bro, I can't. And Leon's like, why? He's like, you know, hey, you know, kind of cute, right? Kind of cute teller. He's like, I don't want her to see how much money I got in my bank. Because I, I don't got much. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want her to see. I don't want to see. Because it. it's, it's just a funny joke, right? Like, I don't want the banker to see. Because the banker will know my gold. Right, because bankers mm-hmm. know about the gold. They know about the gold that they have. They they would see where you know. In this case, she would see where he works and how little money is in his account. Right, he, he wasn't <laughs> trying to have that. It's just a fun little joke. But bankers know, right? So bankers want to go out of their way and make those connections. And um, I remember when I was bartending uh, through college, uh, like many students working in the restaurant space, and and I'd be bartending and. This one place I was at, I was managing and, and bartending a little bit. And I remember during one of my trainings, they, they talked about when you can uh, connect those sitting at the bar with each other, right? It will double your money while cutting your work in half. And, and essentially, hmm. that is the banker role, okay? And what would happen in that, that setting is when you would, you, let's say I'm sitting at a, let's say I'm working a bar and I got some people sitting there. And, um, and, and I, I uncover that this one person over here is a boater, has a boat, right? right. Lo- loves boating. And I, and then I discover the person over here down on this side also loves boating, right? If I can go out of my way and connect those two gold mines, right? Then all of a sudden, a couple of things will happen. One, they will connect. They will stay longer. That's right. where the They'll money increases. They'll be in conversation, enjoying their time socially. Like, Hey, you know, just staying longer. Okay. 
And then it reduces my workload because now I don't need to entertain my bar guests. They'll entertain themselves. Okay. Right. Yep. So now the pressure to me to like engage and like, so when you can do that, that's just a, a real life example of, of, of a banker right now. So you want to teach the theme of the banker. So you want to engage in the competition, have prizes for the winner, winning pair if you want, right? Teach them about the investment stage. Teach them about the banker because that's where you want to graduate to. And, and then you want to get into the place where at the end, leave them with what we call gold level questions. Gold level questions. We're going to wrap up here in a second, Kyle. Gold level questions are simply questions that will help increase the chances of you landing on gold or finding gold. So we're all familiar with surface level questions. We've all experienced them. Kyle, I'll test you. Have you ever on a Friday said to someone, hey, have a good weekend? Have you ever said that? Yep. Guilty. All the time. To which they, the say, what in, they say what in return? Thanks. You too. See you Monday. That's it. Right. And then on Monday, Kyle, have you ever said the following? Hey, how was your weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll said that. And what do they say back? Oh, good or uh, not long enough. Typical response. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big one. And then they say back to you, how was yours? And you say, yeah, not long yep. enough or good. You know, just same thing. Yeah. And then you both just say, that's good. And then go you just about go your about day your and that's it. And you have the same conversations every week. Same we day. All, we all have them. And those are surface level conversations. It yeah. is by definition, staying on the surface surface level conversations. I think very appropriate and understandable at the grocery store with your cashier. Very understandable at the Starbucks with the barista. Sure. It's a passing transactional conversation. It's, you know, there's not much there. Okay. But as I alluded to towards the beginning of this episode, your teammates are top three relationships in your life. I don't think surface level is appropriate in that setting. In fact, I would actually borderline to say it's unacceptable, right? It actually is almost a, a disrespect to somebody that should be more uh, at depth. Think about when I say disrespect, you wouldn't speak that way and have those surface level conversations really with your spouse. And if right. that was where the depth of your conversation went with your spouse, it's because there's tension there, right? You're not trying to talk. So you're just keeping right. it surface trying level. You're trying to avoid, right? When relationships get to a certain level, where there's a depth there, or there should be surface level then becomes disrespectful in many ways that like we need to go deeper. So for our teammates, we want to introduce them the art of gold level questions, gold level questions. Once again, drive you closer to gold. And here's two examples on a Friday. Don't say, Hey, have a good weekend. Just simply replace it with a gold level question, which is what are you most looking forward to this weekend? On Monday, switch out your standard surface level question with the following. What was the highlight of your weekend? Now, it may not seem like much, but it produces an incredible response. Two things happen. One, it causes you both to slow down and connect, right? Because someone will say, oh, that's a good question. Um, huh. They'll have to stop and actually right. connect for a moment. And in that moment of connecting, they actually get a sense that you care. Right. Everyone else is the surface level. Kyle seems to care a little bit more. He actually asked a very interesting question. And then they answer the question. What are you most looking forward to? You say. Oh, a nap. Oh, Kyle, can I tell you a nap? Oh, really? First off, 
I can relate, right? I would love a nap. I love napping. You, all right, now now Absolutely. we have a gold mine. Gold gold mine. We both love napping on weekends. But then it just let, opens up the door of like, oh, what 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 has you so tired, Kyle? And Kyle then begins to share that uh, Kyle has a six month at home, six month old, right, newborn. Oh my gosh, I, how did I not know that? Oh my gosh, you have a newborn. Oh, I've got a nine month old. Gold yeah, mine. That covers the gold. Gold mine. Two gold mines. We both love napping. Second gold mine. We both have the same reason for gapping, napping. Third gold mine. Right. We both have newborns. Right. Who knows where we go from here? Okay. Right. Bam. We start getting together on the same time schedule. All of that. Sharing of resources. I read this book. How's it going for you? On and on and on it goes. Yep. And it was all discovered because you asked a gold level question. You went searching for gold. You were curious enough to actually look for a connection. After that, if you do those things we just alluded to, that's the investment, right? It builds, it builds, it builds. You get to the point where before you know it, that one person was someone you didn't really know like that stranger, right? Just a passerby, you know, just a colleague, but no history foundation, you get to the point where you invest it correctly and you build on that before you know it. Hey, that's your guy. That's your girl. Right. It all There's can a, change pretty quickly. It all can change very quickly. And, and I believe you can actually get to that place in my guy. I, I believe you can almost get there in like a week span. Like it, it can happen very quickly. Okay. To your point. Um, yeah. You and, see them on a daily basis. Absolutely. And, and before, and then when you get there, everything changes. Now all of a sudden, like you notice your colleague that you've just had surface level questions up until this point, you know, you start seeing them struggling a little bit. You, you begin to have conversations. Hey, is everything okay? Anything I can do to help you, right? You start leading them like that. You start having conversations like that. You can start pouring into them like that. You can start help pushing and encouraging them like that. You can lift them up like that. You're the growth of your team, that collaboration can increase like that. Everything can change from the connection. Kyle, we just kind of, man, I hope this episode proved to be valuable for coaches out there from a relationship standpoint. We've got to develop the skill and the mindset within our players, give them some nuance and art and, and some skill sets and some repetition to become more relationship focused, to discover the art of going for gold and searching. I love it after I'll, I'll end with this. We'll get a new player on one of our teams after we've kind of gone deep into the gold mine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that we have the shared language, it's, oh, everything changes. We'll get a new player that comes in. Maybe they transferred in. Maybe they moved in or something like that. I can go to one of my players and say, hey, hey, I need you to, I need you to go over. I need you to uncover at least four gold mines. That's your challenge. Next 24 hours, I need four gold mines of our new teammate. I'll, I'll let you slide with three. Shoot for four. Let you slide with three. I'll be okay with two. See what you can uncover. Got it, coach. Now they're not discouraged because they know they may strike out a little bit. They, they can almost gamify it a little bit. Like it's a game, a little challenge, right? They know what, about being curious and looking for those gold mines. And then once they come back and report back what those gold mines are, I'll brainstorm some investment ideas, right? I'll then challenge them to invest, right? And on one of those gold mines to invest three times. And, and then literally you can circle back and almost see a built relationship. You can, almost see a, for that you can almost see a built relationship. That's a yeah. 15, 16-year-old. You can just kind of talk through that very simply. 
and they get it. They understand it. They're not as intimidated by it. They're a little bit more skilled and confident with it. And it changes things. And for, for coaches, coach, it's not a lot of work. You've already gone through it. The shared language, the shared understanding of that, all it took was for you to say, go uncover four gold mines. And that's all you have to say. Yeah. And then tell me and what so they were. And let's invest anything it. more on that. Right. Yeah. So coaches hope this, uh, was valuable for you. Uh, by all means, obviously this is an example of a going for the gold, all of that, all those details is, are in your, your coaching portal. If you are a coaching members, uh, if you have a membership with us, you can obviously access all that. If you haven't jumped into that exercise, encourage you to do so. If, uh, this is the first time you're hearing one of our exercises laid out like that, it's an example, really trying to use very unique language that is easy to grab a hold of that can be easily, uh, stick with the player and retained um, that all those notes would be in your membership as well as 40 other exercises to kind of un- allow you to unpack other areas of leadership within your team. So uh, a little bit of our style, but we hope this was helpful for you uh, until next time. I am Adam. He is Kyle on behalf of our entire lead them up team. Have fun and lead them up. We want to take a moment and thank our friends over Chick-fil-A for partnering with us on the Lead'em Up podcast. Chick-fil-A is mostly well known for their incredible original chicken sandwich and those amazing waffle potato fries. But what people might not understand is there is a lot more going on behind the counter. You see, every Chick-fil-A is individually owned and operated by someone who deeply cares for their community and for their team. So next time you get an urge to go buy Chick-fil-A, remember, it is more than just a chicken sandwich. We are thankful to Chick-fil-A and thankful for you for listening. So until next time, have fun and lead them up.